0: This podcast is sponsored by Go Antiques, a Gemmer company. Remember, you can collect and connect on Gemmer.com. Well, I'm sitting here in Portsmouth, New Hampshire with a longtime uh, contact that I've known over the years, Johanna McBrian. How are you?
1: I'm great, Martin. How are you?
0: Good. And can you give your title and background basically if you would?
1: Well let's see. Currently I'm the editor in chief of Antiques and Fine Art Magazine. We're based in Woburn, Massachusetts. And I'm also the editor of our sister online component, incollect.com, and I've been with Antiques and Fine Art for the past 15 years. I can't believe how long that's been, and loving every minute, and prior to that, I was actually in the, I guess I started up my career at the Essex Institute before it merged with the PBD Essex Museum.
0: Oh, I and didn't know that. It was actually,
1: it was a volunteer position. Over uh-huh. the summer, I was still at BU as an undergraduate art history major, and I uh, Dean Laikanen was there, um, and I actually cataloged the miniature collection. So yeah. it was my first opportunity working hands on with objects. That and, sounds
0: grueling. And then that was actually <laughs>
1: great. There was a marvelous component of Indian, uh, as in India, um, miniatures from the 19th century, and early 20th century, and they were, they were beautiful. And
0: so I bet you, because of that one experience, you know about everything there is to know about. Indian miniatures. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I really enjoyed it. And I put together a little exhibition of the Phillips Library, which actually was there for, for years and years and years until they, they closed and renovated it. It was very funny. Every time I'd walk by and said, oh, I can't believe I said that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but And from there I um, then worked at what was then Society for the Preservation of New England Antiquities? And that's SPNA. where I met you. Did, Wasn't there? You met. Yes, uh-huh. exactly. Right. Which is now Historic New England. And I started out in the uh, PR department, then the development department, then the collections department, and then Brock Job asked me to uh, help him with a project on which he was embarking, the Portsmouth Furniture Study Project, hmm. and it was funny because I was actually going to ask him if I could help him with it, so it was one of those like minds, and so then I spent the next year canvassing New England and elsewhere looking for Portsmouth furniture and historic documents related to Portsmouth and the cabinet-making community.
0: Now, did you do it just that one year? Was that all you did? That
1: next? was that, that my segue. That I then applied to Cooperstown in Winterthur. For graduate school, I was accepted to Cooperstown, but I was not accepted to Winter Tour. My, my uh, GRA sc- GRE, GRE scores weren't high enough. Um, I'm not a math person, I admit it. <laughs> and, uh, so it was actually a good thing because it gave me another year to work with Brock. Mm. Um, actually, we worked longer than that, about another year and a half. Um, I applied again and I was accepted this time to Winter Tour because I took the GRE uh, s- testing and all that chance. And so I was at Winter Tour from 90 to 92 and specializing in American furniture. As I said to one of my classmates during the interview process, and they invite 20 people down to the interview, and then they cut it in half, and only 10 of you get in. Now they've, they've condensed it to eight, but at that time it was 10. And I remember we were in Odessa, the historic houses, and we were walking through, and I was looking at one of the settings, and I said, furniture is my life.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: remember one of my future classmates looked at me and rolled her eyes and walked away, and I just said, oh, what did I just say? <laughs> it's so true. I just, I just love it. You open up a of yeah. drawers, and you smell that the 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 wood I, I absolutely love it and so after uh, winter tour I worked with um, with um, uh, Robert Trent as my thesis advisor. And it was what I did for the thesis was the uh, craft community of Portsmouth, whereas the, for the book uh, and the exhibition, uh, it was the um, furniture primarily. Uh, what I did was the people behind it, so not only the, the furniture makers but the allied craftsmen associated with it. and I went through all the deeds and to find out where the community of you know, the various craft people worked, all the cemetery records. I mean it was a 360 page um, it's massive. You should, you should go get it. It's at the uh, Athenaeum. At wow. It's, it's incredible. I have to say, it's really, I look back at it now and it's like, oh, my gosh. But I had all that research that I'd been collecting with Brock, so I was at an advantage to have, you know, the marvelous material from which to work. And so that was the thesis. And then after that, after try I worked at Christie's in the American Furniture Department. And then from there, I worked... Uh, what was next after that? After that, I guess that's right. It was Antiques America, which was a .dot com, and it suffered the .dot com bust, where you know, uh, a few years later yep. it went. You know, it was done, uh-huh. but that was that was a good opportunity. That was my first editing experience, actually. I started out with Chris, working with Chris Vining, uploading material, and then um, uh, Lisa Freeman spotted spotted my work and uh, asked me to to be the editor of all the content. So I wow. that's how I got involved, and I it was funny because when I was a art history major at BU. I was trying to figure out what do I want to do with my life. I actually took a year off just to figure out what I wanted to do. I baked bread and bartended and that sort of thing. I had a great time. But I gave myself exactly a year because I knew if I didn't do that, I'd, keep, I'd keep, just keep kind of rolling that way. Hmm. So, um, But before I went to – I, while I was still at BU trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I said, well, I, I know I'm never going to be a teacher, and I'm never going to be an editor. Well, I ended up doing both. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you never say never. Yeah. Um, but I never – I didn't have any editing training, quote-unquote, but I just happened to understand how – things should best be said and how to educate through the written word and how knowing what needs to be added what needs to be taken away where somebody needs to do some more work etc etc so just just unfortunate that it just happened naturally um and so from Antiques america then i went to um I met actually John Lipinski, who was our one of our one of original sale, is the original salesperson there. He and John Smiraldo, the publisher of the magazine Antiques and Fine Art, um, Lepinski uh, met me at a course I was teaching at the uh, Boston BAC, Boston Architectural Center, now it's Boston Architectural College. Where I taught for six years, and I taught the history of interiors, history of decorative arts, and history of furniture, did different courses. Wow. I loved it. I loved teaching. I loved teaching. But I was doing that on top of my full-time job, plus two young children. It was killing me. It was goodness. literally killing me. So I, I had to stop, I, even yeah. though I just loved it. But I, have, I met Lipinski, John Lipinski there. And he said, well, we're starting off this new company, you know, magazine. I'd love you to meet the publisher, because they were looking for an editor at the time. So I went in, had lunch with, you know, the two of them, and then met again with John Esmeraldo And... Um, you know, he invited me to, to take the job, and I had just gotten a raise, a big raise at, at Antiques America, and I said, oh, you know, I don't know, I'm going to be making oh, good boy. money at Antiques America, but I did take the job. I remember, I remember um, uh, Jonathan Fairbanks, who worked with me at, at Antiques America, mm-hmm. Betsy Garrett, um, Jonathan said, well, when I showed him the magazine, and it was mainly ads, just a few little mm-hmm. one-page articles, and... I remember John, Jonathan looking at it saying, "Well, what do you want to go work for this magazine?" There's no editorial. I said, "Exactly, I can build it." Yeah. And yeah. so I took the job, and two weeks later, Antiques America folded.
0: <laughs> I was wow! Like, Perfect wow. timing.
1: Oh man, I was I so lucky? Yeah.
0: Wow.
1: And so um, from, from yeah, so so the, basically, then I've been there for 15 years, and I was able to build build the publication, always trying to you know morph it so it doesn't stay static. Uh, I've I've you know, a lot of things I don't do anymore, but sometimes I cycle back and bring them back in depending. but again, I love the, the, the teaching component of it. and the challenge is to make an, uh, to produce an article with the author so that it's informative and educational but digestible. Mm-hmm. So it's not so intense where a new, a new, somebody new to the industry will get intimidated. Because that's not what we want. We want yeah, to bring people
0: absolutely. in, and we
1: want to excite them. We want to engage them. Yeah. And there's also material that is more esoteric. Uh, we just mm-hmm. had an article of Jay Stiefel, for example, on on the inlays of of uh, circus chest inlays, circus inlays rather on chests from a part of Pennsylvania, which is much more you know focused, talking about mm-hmm. dovetails and all that jazz, which is yeah. great. Um, so there's there's a range there, and that that's always been important from the start to have that range, and the authors from which uh, the pool of our authors, again, it isn't it isn't just one avenue. It's it's uh, scholars, curators, collectors, um, you know, uh, students. Again, trying mm-hmm. to get multiple voices in there because that's what that's I want us to reflect, you know, the audience
0: as well. Yeah. I think it's real important, and also to just um, your your subscription level has grown.
1: It is because yeah.
0: you have nurtured it, and mm-hmm. it's uh, right up there with all the best.
1: It is so nice to get emails and letters from people who who will tell me. I mean, I love getting handwritten letters, and mm-hmm. I get handwritten letters as well as emails, as well as people telling me in person um, how much they love the magazine. They just they look forward to it every every wow. issue, and it really it's it's it makes my all my long hours well worth it.
0: Now I've heard other people that are publishing magazines say it feels like their baby, like the the magazines are baby. Do you feel the same way?
1: It's a great team effort. Yeah, there's no mm-hmm. question. I've got it. We have a great team at the at the magazine. Yeah. Um, from John, the publisher, John Smiraldo, who uh, very much cares about the industry. Uh, yeah, and and that's one of the things that makes the magazine different is that we have all. We're all collectors, or we're all dealers, yep. or we're all, we've all worked a, in the field, Horton. and mm-hmm. that makes, that, that differentiates us from anybody else out there. Yep. Um, John Smaraldo actually started the magazine when he was uh, dating a gal who took him to an antique show. And prior to that, he thought you got things at like Pottery Barn or whatnot. He had no idea that such thing was about antiques. And he was walking around the show, and he, he got hooked. Mm-hmm. And he said, Look, there are all these little dealers, or big dealers, little dealers, whatever, uh, entities that are, they don't have a, a common, um, marketing arm, unlike the like the uh, big auction houses or whatnot. And while there are certainly other publications where they can advertise, our, our magazine initially was only dealers, dealers only, and it was mm. invitation only. We've since brought in the auction houses, But we really wanted to start that base of really promoting the dealers, because John recognized how vital the dealers are to the industry. Yeah. And forming those collections, and all the great collections ever formed have been with the help of dealers. There's no question. And so yep. he, he recognized Absolutely. that. And so yep. he's the one who got started. Who's, who's, he started the magazine based on that. In 1990 and then Lepinski, John Lapinsky came on board and John is about the same time and John um, has a background also in the auction business He more recently doing not calling auctions with Ron Bourgeois, etc um, mm-hmm. But he also very much um, knows the industry and then of course me where I've been in for almost 30 years You know starting way yeah. right back again in the, in the 80s um, Who certainly knows and it's that's one of the great things I've been able to bring in the audiences with whom I've interacted through from the from the museums and the dealer world Because I worked with Wayne Pratt. I right. left that out Sorry, I worked with Wayne Pratt oh, yeah, for a number mean. of years. And, um, yeah. I love the guy. He really—I really miss him. He was, he was, a, he, character. He was a character. He yeah. was a used car salesman, but he was—he <laughs> was spectacular as far as his knowledge.
0: Absolutely. And yeah.
1: his—he uh, had a photographic memory where he could remember yeah. you know where things were. In fact, one of my funny so
0: st- important
1: funny hmm. stories I have about Wayne was um, he was sitting in his office with his feet up on the desk, leaning back in his rocker, and saying, Johanna. I found it. I found it again. I said, what Wayne? He said, when I was a teenager, because he started like Ron, as, a, as teenagers buying and selling. And he said, there was a Windsor chair that I bought when I was 17, and it was the best Windsor." I have ever seen, wow. and I finally got it back. And he said, uh-huh. "This one I'm keeping," because he didn't keep anything. He, didn't, he yeah. couldn't. He could just. He loved the sales. We so couldn't keep anything. Mm-hmm. He said, "And this one I'm going to keep." The next day, it was sold.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just, A true dealer. He just couldn't
1: do it. It was so yeah. funny. Um, but anyway, he was he was great with family. He really. We were all like family to him, and he he did so many, many wonderful things for other dealers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was so he'd go rescue them if they were stuck somewhere. He would. Um, nice. He would. There was one dealer. Who'd been in the industry for decades, and he was having health problems. Wayne paid all his health insurance bills. He put him Man, up in a, wow. in, a, in a, and he paid his rent for him. He had a wonderful heart, but most people didn't get past that facade because yeah. he had a facade, mm-hmm. um, kind of keep people, you know, keep yeah. himself safe in a sense.
0: Well, his name—he was in the limelight, so I mean, you heard his name all the time. He, was, he,
1: he, he made the market for. Uh, Windsor chairs for block front chests mm-hmm. for Nantucket baskets for Ma- William Matthew Pryor Pryor Hamlin Group paintings. Yep. I mean the list goes on. And he made the markets and he supported those markets at all levels, not just the highest level, but at all levels. And he would buy for inventory too, which a lot of dealers you know wouldn't do. So he was he was the biggest in the industry. He had Nantucket. He had um, then he had two shops on, uh, in, in Woodbury.
0: Mar- Mar- Marlboro first, right. and yep. then moved
1: down to Woodbury exactly. Yep. So anyway, yep. so I don't mean to you know go on that tangent, no, but know. but working with Wayne was really was really wonderful. Um, wonderful. Yep. Experience. And again I got like like I did with Brock and the force of the project, I got up to see meet a lot of people and see a lot of people. But that as I was saying with them, um, with again my, our backgrounds and what makes the magazine different. Is again, I'm able to pull from the various uh, various industries with which I've in which I've worked, from mm-hmm. again the museums to the dealers to the auction houses to the online component and the collector component. So I'm able to pull, and I'm not and I'm not touting my own horn, but I don't know of anybody else who's been in each one of those fields mm. of our industry, mm. and then also the educational component again, uh, which again is is a really important thing to me. Uh, so then then uh, let's get back to the educational bit later. Um, and so these are the, we were the we were the basic entity, and it's since you know grown out with other people, obviously coming on board, but again this core of people who know the industry and understand the industry and respect the dealers um, and the auction houses uh, makes us very it makes us it makes us unique. There's no such thing as very unique. It makes us unique. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, uh, and it's a joy to work with these people. So, so in putting the magazine together, um, I have there's a there's a wonderfully talented group of people. Again, um, there's John Lipinski, and then AJ Rossi is also a salesperson and um, who's been w- with us for quite a many years as well. And then John Smeraldo, and then uh, Phil Lejoy is our designer. He does a spectacular job in, in doing design. And then Mary Feenan also works with the dealers, um, and that's our core you know group of, mm-hmm. uh, of people. And it's um, well, it's really hard. it's really a great team. So we're very fortunate.
0: Yeah, let's talk a little bit about InCollect mm-hmm. and what was the brain? Who was the brainchild?
1: It was John again. John's uh-huh. all John. John knows that as we all do. You know, the changes, the field is evolving, and yeah. and so there's so many online components that it makes perfect sense to start. You know, uh, a InCollect. We our original website called and fine art.com is still up, but we don't work. It's only up there for some links, and we actually have to get rid of it because it just hasn't been updated in a while. But that was the original website, and that started oh, within a few years of when I, when I started the magazine. So it was, well, I shouldn't say when I started, when I started at the magazine. And then um, we also have AFA News and AFA Mag, and AFA Mag is the digitized version of the magazine. Not only the magazine, but if you were to go on the AFA, AFA Mag website, you would see web, um, the magazine, but we also produce uh, catalogs. We show catalogs, dealer catalogs, hmm. exhibition catalogs, and they're all also digitized on there. So oh, that's people can nice. go, it's, it's wonderful. And you can also um, link from there, you can get a subscription to the magazine, and you can also uh, go to FM uh, news which is our daily news feed and there's a calendar up there for shows and there are articles that are posted up there et cetera et cetera so they they're and then to have the magazine itself it's a wonderful trio of of a cross-pollination
0: now do you when you say uh, daily is it updated daily
1: the the daily the afa news blast is a daily news blast there are about a dozen news articles related to anything going on in the field
0: can someone uh, subscribe to that Very or? easily
1: you just go on the afa news or mm-hmm. afa mag websites, and you can just say you know i'd like a of online, you know to free to your online subscription and with that comes the uh, the AFA news. and again you do, people love the AFA news because it's It's obviously relevant because it's daily. Uh, we have somebody who does that as well as our social media mm. Her name is Brittany good and she's wonderful too and she actually used to work with the magazine too But then she um, works remotely and now she's doing all social for us. Mm-hmm. So she's she's a great addition. Uh, no question and so the avenues—it could be anything related to the industry, for an art art heist, or yeah. uh, a new director has been been uh, posted to a museum, or an exhibition going on. It, it could be anything, mm-hmm. um, and then we do the same thing with InCollect, where they can get the daily blast of what dealers have posted new material, who, what designers being showcased, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what collection is being featured, et cetera, et cetera. So those yeah. also go up. And also, if you if you like a certain dealer on the on the InCollect website, um, you'll get posts whenever that dealer. Uploads new inventory. So you
0: sort of follow the dealer? You follow or? the dealer, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: So back to how Incollect got started, was that, again, so John Smiraldo, the, the publisher of the magazine, um, recognize that uh, in order for us to continue to um, service the needs of the, the dealer world and also you know be out there for collectors um, to start Incollect and, collect. and uh, Incollect is a a, it's a beautiful resource. I, I hope you've taken I know you've taken a look at it. Oh
0: yeah. It's and,
1: beautiful. Um, spent items a, on there. Spend a lot Rogers. of time well what's invitation only, so mm-hmm. we, we maintain a, a level of quality um, that our visitors can expect to see. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a site for anyone who loves great design. So we have um, it's for collectors, it's for interior designers, it's for anybody who just loves beautiful things.
0: And the pictures, uh, all of professional pictures.
1: We are. actually we are very careful to work with. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, we actually hire photographers to go take pictures of things mm-hmm. for, for dealers, uh, but also we we require a, a high level of yeah. images. But we also have somebody who spends a great deal of time silhouetting everything, so wow. they're all on a gray background. So you have this yeah. uniform, beautiful look to things. Yeah. It's a, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into presentation. Mm-hmm. As you know, that's that's very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're actually we're actually um, going to be redoing um, part of the the website to make it um, even more discoverable than it already is. So we're we're building on that. But but um, let me just go back to the InCollect. Um, so the, the the point behind InCollect is to. Um, the dealer-based, we're getting a lot of. Um, we have we're getting a lot of new dealers on on a regular basis, which is really exciting, and they're making sales, which is really great, um, which is the point, obviously. <laughs> yes. And so. Um, they have the great material up there, and one of the um, one of the important factors on the site is the interior designers, because interior designers we want them to use and collect as a source to buy for their collectors. And the interior designers we have on the site are all top-notch interior designers: Coleman and Kravis, for example, uh, uh, um, Charlotte Moss, uh, Jamie Drake, uh, et cetera, et cetera. They're really they're really good. Again, it's invitation only interior designers, and they work with um, classic material as well as uh, modern material. And the site is broken into. The, the three, you have three different options. You, if you you can select when you register to only see see classic material, to only see modern material, mm-hmm. or to see all
0: styles. We're going to be doing that with the, the Gemmer site right. as well.
1: Well, it, it makes sense because if you if you collect Queen Anne chairs, you don't want to see yeah. uh, you know a Kandinsky painting or yeah. you know a Thomas Moser you know chair or whatever. Mm-hmm. You want to see it's what you want maker, to see.
0: Thomas Moser, yeah, yeah,
1: and. Um, same thing with if you're a modern collector um you want to see obviously you're your, your, only the modern material so that's why you have those options just to, to do that mm-hmm.
0: um now before we go too far you mentioned sure. just a minute ago you wanted to talk about teaching something you wanted to say about
1: well it, w- it was just uh the the um uh the importance of of uh keeping um uh people engaged and and uh and how important thank you um history is to to uh to education because you have to, if if children and young people are not made aware of history, um, then they are not going to care. And that is so important because they're not teaching history the way they once taught history in schools anymore. And I just had the pleasure of seeing David McCullough, the Pulitzer Prize winning author, historian down at the Antique Steelers Association of America had a dinner at the Philadelphia Museum of Art. And they have a dinner every year, associated with the Philadelphia Antique Show. But this year, the antique show didn't run. We'll be back next year. But they still had the dinner, and and I also had the pleasure of interviewing him uh, for for an article. And uh, he's an incredible gentleman, and his focus, as as you're probably well aware, is again uh, the importance and value of history. And he was saying that. Uh, um, of the schools, the colleges do not require a history class to be taken, for example, Mm. and that most Many young people uh, cannot put in order the Revolutionary War, Civil War, World War One, and World War Two. They think that Abraham Lincoln was shot in 1965, not in 1865. I mean, we don't know oh, wow. our history. Wow is right, and it's it's really sad because without history, you have no context. You can't be a great debater. Uh, you you don't know your place in the world, I and mean, the world is shut to you in so many ways. And that's why newspapers are so important. Without newspapers, we're going to be so much more divisive. For example, because you're not going to have that forum where, where everybody can you know you can see obviously. Newspapers can be biased, but still, um, the point is it's it's so critical um, a good education history. So the point being is we all need to continue to educate people through again through the magazine through our online components and, and through Gamer, however you know else we do it. But that's such a critical critical thing for anyone's survival. Not only the arts, the antiques, but also uh, the theater, the opera, yeah. the museums, anything culturally. We lose the the love and interest in history, the awareness of history, and we're sunk.
0: Absolutely, I, I agree. The
1: cultural industry, the culture is sunk. And that it's, it's so important, and the arts are getting cut, 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 cut for the STEM. Nothing against STEM, but um, the arts is a $40 billion industry. The amount of money it brings into communities, and that's not important. Mm. In fact, Stephen Jobs and um, Mark Zuckerberg and uh, I can't remember, some other entrepreneurs, uh, tech people, have made a point of saying how vital the humanities was in their education. They would not be who they are or understand what they're doing without the humanities. Now, if these tech people were saying that, yeah. I it, it has to resonate. Yeah. So I don't mean to get too sidetracked, but...
0: No, no, so. I mean, people could just bounce through life and, you know, things... Oblivious. Uh, yeah. And also, uh, another thing uh, that someone said in the past that I thought made a lot of sense is, an item loses its story, it kind of loses its value. Absolutely. You know, and, and the connection to the past is what you know gets me excited makes, makes about it makes makes us human and one thing you said i just got to say is that i feel the same way about a piece of furniture mm-hmm. i i can fall in love with a piece of Absolutely. beautiful American furniture. Yeah. Like at the Peabody Essex recently, that, um,
1: The gold exhibit? Yes. Wasn't that striking? Yep.
0: And I just, I yeah. sat there for hours because we did a film there.
1: Yes, I saw that, actually. Yeah,
0: and I just, like, just being around it, I just sat <laughs> across and looked at this piece of furniture, and all of a sudden I said, well, that's a bracket base, and, you know, a bracket base isn't so special. But then that wasn't just a bracket mm. base. It was something really the special The spur about and it. the
1: shaping the of it, spur, yes.
0: it was, uh, yeah. and it kind of just, it just worked, yeah. you know. And it's it's really you get you get an appreciation for something, and I can get goosebumps when I see a really nice.
1: Oh, it's true, and then you have the documents cookbook. for it too, yeah, uh, which which they sweet. had. I mean, yeah. it's just it's just the whole package, and, and uh, you have to read the
0: context. I think you dream about so it, it's right? <laughs>
1: With Incollect, again, the focus is to, um, to, uh, for the interior designers to use, use us as a source and also to get you know, young collectors and established collectors uh, on the site. And we're going to be making it more discoverable, for example, so when you're in the articles section, and all of the articles from the magazine as well as, as, well as from AFA News are on Incollect too. And so if you happen to be in the articles, you're going to be reading an article, and then you're going to see, okay, Gary Sullivan, for example, is offering a Queen Anne chair, and the article I'm reading is about Queen Anne chairs. Oh, I'm going to go take a look at Gary's Queen Anne chair. Or, huh. or um, you know, Coleman and Kravis is, has this great interior with some Queen Anne chairs. Oh, I'm going to go look at those Queen Anne chairs. So again, making the site um, a unit, more of a huh. unit. And right now it's a beautiful site, you know, we, we love it, but it you always mm-hmm. improve, you can always improve. And right. we want to make, mm-hmm. again, um, the, the visitor experience uh, Educational one, also a benefit to the dealers and to the interior designers because we want people to visit the interior designers and to say, hey, I love the way you know, that, that interior designer um, did this room. I'd like a room like that. And they contact the interior designer or if the interior designer offers fabrics or publish a book. You know, Thomas Jane, whoever it happens to be, just has published some recent books. I want to buy that book, or I want to, you know, get that fabric, and so it's it's we're all helping, we're all in this together, and again, again, you know, coming from us, those of us involved in the with the magazine and with InCollect, you know, we we love the stuff, Mm -hmm. and we love the field, and we we love the people. There's so many great people who are the dealers and the auctioneers, and Mm -hmm. and it's 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 a community of friends, yeah, and that's what makes one of the things that makes exactly it makes it so much Mm -hmm. fun. I was just down at the uh, Newport Symposium. Mm And the Nylanders are down there, and Brock's down there, and, you know, um, um, Brandy Culp from Historic Charleston Foundation. All these great people are there. I mean, many others, too. And uh, Stephen Harrison, etc. cetera, uh, Dan Ackerman. And uh, you just... It's so much fun because you're learning, you're networking, but you're also just being a comrade in arms. And again, mm-hmm. to to because we all love this stuff, we all want others to love this stuff, and that's that's what's really important. So with with the Antiques and Fine Art magazine, our AFA Mag, AFA News, and uh, InCollect, uh, that's you know that's. What we're really focusing on doing is, is uh, spreading the gospel of the antiques yeah. and art and modern, um, you know, uh, world. And we've just added jewelry and watches also to the website, uh, Incollect website. So, again, we're, yeah. we're able, with the, with the Incollect website, we're able to make it um, beyond the magazine, which which does go through contemporary, but its specialty is the, um, you know, early up to mid, mid, mid-20th century. But with Incollect, we can do anything. And right. so we are. Yep. And it's very exciting because we're just gonna be growing and growing and growing. So stay tuned and keep visiting.
0: Okay. And <laughs> keep subscribing. Uh, <laughs> and for all the listeners that'll be linked right below this podcast. Johanna, thank you so much.
1: It's been a pleasure, Martin. I really enjoyed it and I've I've just it's been so much fun to love you to love you. Love you and know you through the decades. <laughs> <laughs> it's this big love
0: fest in the <laughs> antiques world. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you, Martin. This podcast is sponsored by Go Antiques, a Gemmer company. Remember, you can collect and connect on gemmer.com.